Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Be You with Declan Edwards. Now, you guys are absolutely spoiled this week because you're actually getting a two-for-one deal. We have two guest experts on this week who are coming on to talk about health and well-being and how to approach it in a way that is proactive. You know, we've got so much to say about emotional health and well-being on the podcast, but I think it's really valuable and important that we balance that out by looking at our physical well-being as well. So Trav and Fern, who are about to come on, are experts in this space. They've been working in this space and helping people with their physical well-being and their mindset around health as well for the last decade. So they've got so much value to offer and I can't wait to have them on. So if you're someone who struggles with looking after their physical health and well-being, if you're someone who's yo-yo exercising and yo-yo dieting and you don't know why and you want to look into the mindset shifts behind that, if you're someone who wants to start looking after their physical health but you just have no idea where to start, then this is going to be a brilliant episode for you to listen to. So with that said, let's get Trav and Fern on. Let's go for it. Hello, how are you guys doing? How are you, Declan? Hi. Mate, you guys got me loud and clear? We certainly have. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, Fern and Trav, thank you, both of you, for being on the podcast. I just recorded the little opening of this segment and said that our listeners have a very lucky two-for-one deal today, uh, where we've got two guest speakers and experts on, and that I'm very excited about the topics we're going to be talking about today. I mean, just even briefly chatting to you guys on the phone before this interview about your approach to total well-being, you know, balancing both physical well-being and mental and emotional well-being, and also doing that in a way that's proactive rather than reactive, obviously aligns a lot with our values and beliefs at BU and what we're doing with people. So I'm very keen to dive into that. But before we do, I, um, I always like to give the opportunity for you guys to introduce yourselves to our listeners and have an opportunity to tell a story because I think there's a lot to be said about knowing the person or the people behind the movement and what led you to be where you guys are and basically why you guys do what you do. Cool. So I'd love to hand over to you guys and give you the opportunity to uh, say hi to our listeners and our audience and also introduce yourselves and share a bit of your background. No worries. Well, I'll, I'll start first. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, my, my name's obviously Travis. Uh, yeah, I've been in the health and fitness industry for just over 10 years now. Um, so obviously uh, a lot of experience in the health and fitness field. I'm also uh, got a degree in teaching. Uh, I'm also an NLP practitioner and just really passionate about health and fitness. I have been my whole life. I've played a lot of representative sport uh, when I was younger and I just got into sort of fell into personal training and through um, through meeting Fern, we set up our business together and we've been helping people for the last nearly a decade together. And uh, yeah, for me personally, it's about, yeah, as you were saying, it's about sort of a holistic approach to your health and your well-being. I lost my mum before I turned 30. So for me, it's not just about how you, you look, it's also how you sort of feel and function and how you sort of operate and get around throughout the day as well. So uh, I'm very passionate about all the, all the facets of, uh, of being healthy and, and obviously being happy as well. Which you, is sir? such a powerful thing to, uh, to look at. And it is something that unfortunately does seem to be lacking a lot in the fitness industry. And I think that's something we'll dive into in a moment. But of course, we'll give uh, Fern the opportunity to, to introduce herself as well. Thank you. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, as Trav said, I've 
just come up to my 10th year now in the industry and yeah same thing being heavily involved in a lot of sports uh, basketball athletics swimming gymnastics um, in my earlier years and yeah fell into personal training because, because I thought you know why not do something that um, is a big part of my life already and um, yeah I guess we, you know I met Travis almost 10 years ago now and we've continued to sort of grow and I guess we didn't really think you know, we'd ever sort of end up in this sort of position now 10 years down the track, uh, but we have. And I think it's, um, yeah, it's been sort of mind-blowing to see the amount of people that we have been able to help um, and not just obviously in, in fat loss and weight loss. It's, um, yeah, their whole entire lives and overall quality of life has been able to um, change. So, yeah, that's a, a little bit of my background. I've, I Whilst I was working, I also did my double degree so I've got exercise science and a bachelor of business in sport management um, and I've also done um, uh, competed in fitness uh, modeling and also now I do competitive powerlifting so I've represented Australia a couple of times uh, which is super exciting so I think um, the strength aspect of exercise does for you as well not only just you know how you look and and um, yeah the aesthetics aside aesthetic side to it all so yeah that's me in a nutshell <laughs> yeah and it's really cool to hear from you guys that you know it's that sense of I think it's a nice balance between pride and humility as well to be like you know we are really proud of the lives we've impacted but it's also quite humbling to see how many people have rallied to this and how we've been able to make a difference that's bigger than just one part of their life I'm imagining you guys do see quite a bit of a uh, almost like a domino effect, right? I know I speak to a lot of people about, they come and they go, I'm feeling stuck, I'm feeling lost, I want to change something, but I have no idea what. And their problem is they try and change everything at once, which is just so overwhelming. Like, where do you even start when you're trying to completely rehaul your life? And I always say that just starting with that one change to get momentum, I'm imagining you guys have seen that carry out, not only in your lives, but in um, other people's lives around you and in your, your member base where they make, yes, maybe a change to their physical health or their appearance first, but then it tends to flow onto these other areas. Um, are there any sort of examples of that that really stand out to you? Obviously not having to mention names, but are there any examples that jump to mind of seeing how that one change can have a flow on effect? Yeah, yeah. I, I could mention 100 names because I've been doing this so long. But it, and for, for me, I think the way you get unhealthy and the way you get healthy are pretty much the same uh, sort of uh, guise of what's happening. I think things just happen slowly over time. No one, no one goes from you know being 80 kilos to 120 kilos overnight. These small incremental mm. bad habits tend to set in uh, day after day, hour after hour, and they sort of accumulate. And that cumulative effect, obviously, people get to a snap point where they need to change. And and getting people to understand that that it is going to take time to not only improve their health and fitness, but also how they feel about themselves is probably the hardest part. Cause I think mm. in a society that's very now driven, you know, you can order a pizza off Uber Eats and it'll be here in 15 minutes, but a lot of people, you know, they want to get better and feel better within a day or two, but it just doesn't take that long. But, but for us, I think a snap point is what brings us to people. But from what we really focus on with our clients is just start by feeling better. And I always tell people, I say, if I could give you the body of your dreams tomorrow and all you had to do was maintain it, would you take that deal? And, and everyone says yes. 
And all I then mm. articulate to them is that we just need, you can have to, just have to start living like that person now and eventually you're going to be there. It's science. It's going to happen for you. But it's just about tempering patience, I think, with our clients. And most people that come to us are generally sort of 30-year-old plus um, and sort of have that patience and they're ready to make that change. And I think that it's really important for people to understand that it isn't going to happen overnight, but it was something with some dedication and patience, the the damage can be repaired a lot quicker than you've actually put the damage on. So that's how we look at it. Yeah. Which is such a cool way to look at it and to get that sense of almost, I imagine, like falling in love with the journey rather than just the end result and falling in love with the process and the little uh, uh, actions and habits. I love that statement you said of, you know, at the end of the day, uh, becoming healthy or unhealthy is essentially the same process. It's just adding up habits over time. Um, such a powerful way to look at it. Do you find that there is a bit of a perception, I know you said in society as a whole, but specifically in the health and fitness industry of those, you know, three-week summer shreds of these, you know, skinny tees, do this now, do this quick, and, you know, rapid change. Um, do you find that that is a big thing, really holding people back from being able to create that long-term change that's actually sustainable? Yeah, I, I definitely find that. I, I think... As, as powerful as, as Instagram is, and, and you know and I know as business people and, and same as Facebook, any social media, it's very powerful. But at the same time, I think it can be very detrimental to people's psyche. I think there's been a lot of research that has suggested that especially Instagram has been linked to, to things such as depression and anxiety. But I think what it also does, it can give yeah. people a false sense of hope. I mean, there's lots of people on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, that, that uh, you recommend certain things, but, but obviously put different things into their body, such as performance-enhancing drugs, be they male or female, that, that will get your results a lot quicker. And I think a lot of people try these programs and they don't get the results that they want. Um, and there's not a lot of accountability. And that can actually be rather detrimental to people's health and their psyche and, and can put a, people, a lot of people off just wanting to be healthy and fit. Um, and for some people, they get burned and, and it can be five or six years before they, you know, they try again to sort of regain their health. And I, I definitely think as good as social media is, um, because you can get your message over to a lot of people as we're doing now, uh, it can also have the effect of, of being quite, uh, quite detrimental too in the same process. Yeah, so there's a big part of that is then, I mean, how can people learn to really... Uh, almost navigate their way through mm. that online space because you're right like all the messages get out there quickly it's now well which are the messages that you know are, are mm. beneficial and actually going to make long-term change there's obviously an ongoing challenge both in physical health and well-being and emotional health and well-being as well um fern i've actually got a question for you you mentioned that you're now doing um powerlifting which is quite interesting because there's quite a few people i've spoken to now uh who have made that transition from more uh, aesthetic-focused training into powerlifting. <laughs> and I would love to get your uh, perception of what that is because it does seem to be a really growing and empowering trend at the moment. Um, I'd love to get an insight into that. What sort of led you to do that and what do you feel the benefits are for other people to do that? Yeah, well, well, I think powerlifting has, you know, obviously they have the strength side of it in that, it, it, you know, as you said, it's very empowering to become stronger, but there's also the other side of it where, um, you know, a lot of people just eat what they want and it doesn't matter what they weigh or how they look or how they feel as long as they lift heavy. Um, so, you know, I think the transition from going from, you know, fitness modeling into powerlifting for me personally has been 
really great. I really enjoyed it because I've still maintained, you know, a, a healthy sort of lifestyle and, and body fat sort of um, as far as, you know, how I look and how I feel. Um, and I think the fitness modeling industry, you know, there's, again, there's people that I guess are super unhealthy and then there's people that have been able to find a way where they can um you know, maintain a good lifestyle and it's not uh, excessive in that they're just, you know, it's fitness modeling, that's all I do and that's who I am and that's the only thing about me. So for me, the transition has been really great. I love lifting heavy. I love, you know, feeling strong. I love I love having muscle and I think the industry is definitely taking a transition now into that sort of, um, you know, field of being strong, not skinny, you know, all the memes you see. So, mm. yeah. Mm. Yeah, which is, it's quite a cool thing to see because I know a big focus um, from other people I was talking to, you know, they say it's, you know, it's more training, especially women now, to focus on what your body's capable of rather than how it looks exclusively, um, which I think is quite a powerful thing. Did you find that that's been a bit of a change for yourself and for other people that you know in that industry has made or in that space? has helped just giving that balanced approach of it not just being image focused? Yeah, yeah, I think definitely. And, you know, it's funny because there's so many people that we have trained um, who once they stop focusing on the scales and how much, you know, weight they've lost in two weeks, that when they start focusing on the health side, that the weight just seems to fall off. Like, you know, they're not stressed as much and, uh, you know, they can just be happier. And, you know, the weight and their clothes start feeling looser just by doing that, like by not focusing on how much they weigh, um, you know, obviously being stronger mm. and, and eating healthy and having energy, being able to get through your day, being more efficient when you're at work um, is, is all more beneficial than, you know, what you weigh on the scales at the end of the day. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, I suppose as you've noticed with them as well, that tends to come anyway, if it's yeah, a healthy change. Sure. Um, it's almost like the added side benefit, which is quite a cool thing. But um, I imagine you guys have seen over, you know, 10 years, you said, working in this space and in this industry and helping people. I imagine, because I'm a big believer, right, that as much as we all like to say that everyone's unique, well, A, it's impossible for everyone to be entirely unique because that means we share the quality of being unique. So there's something we have in common. I think there are common trends amongst um, human beings and amongst people and society that we can look for. And I know for a fact that there's common trends in what leads to a successful long-term outcome in someone making healthy change in their life and what leads to what may not be a successful outcome or yo-yo changes or, you know, they don't get the result they're after. I'm imagining over the last decade, you guys have started to see some of those trends and some of those commonalities um, in terms of both physical health and well-being and approach, but also in uh, their mindset around health and how they approach it from their thought space. What are some of the trends that you guys see that do often lead to slip up? Well, I think the inability to change um, is really a hindrance for a lot of people and a sticking point. I think a lot of people come to us and, you know, they know that we can get them the results and they just think about the training. Um, and for me, mm. I, I just think that a lot of people make too many excuses for what they're doing. Um, and my, my favorite saying is actually in a, a really cool movie. Uh, I recommend, I recommend uh, watching a movie called The Edge. It's basically it's Anthony Hopkins uh, and uh, Alec Baldwin. And basically these guys get lost in the forest and they're being hunted by a bear. And Anthony Hopkins basically asks 
this uh, Alec Baldwin, who has never been in, in any sort of peril before to, to help him make a fire. And he says, I can't make a fire. I, I can't do what you can do. And, and Anthony Hopkins turns to, turns to him and he says, what one man can do, another can do. And for me, that really is really powerful for me mm-hmm. because I think, I don't think you need to be a genius to, to be healthy. Um, in fact, most of the people that I know in this, this sort of space aren't going to uh, win the Pulitzer for, for mathematics or, or science or anything of that nature. But I think it's just a matter of really having the courage to identify that what we've been doing hasn't been working and have the faith to actually go down a different path and be coachable. And a lot of people haven't really got that. They're used to making mm-hmm. excuses. And I think a lot of it starts when we're a little bit younger. Um, you know, our parents make excuses for us. And I hear a lot of parents doing it now. And when you get to be an adult, you tend to make those same excuses for yourself. Um, and for me, I think mm-hmm. not only excuses, but I think, you know, we, everyone wants to have fun and have an Instagram lifestyle and look great on Instagram and things of that nature. And I think for, for me, a lot of people slip up on the weekends. And I always say to my clients that I sort of did the maths on it. The weekend is about 40% of your week. Um, you know, from Friday afternoon, when you start to check out to Sunday night, that's almost 40% of the week. And I think, you know, if, if you mm. only went to work 60% of the time, you get fired. And I think a lot of people only want to be healthy 60% of the time. And, <laughs> It's, um, for yeah. me, I think that's where people slip up the most is that they only concentrate on the gym while they're at the gym and they only concentrate on being healthy sort of Monday to Thursday. And then they want to live this, this lifestyle. But I think a lot of it isn't real. I mean, you can put a filter on what you're doing, but I don't think you can put a filter on what you're actually doing minute to minute. And um, I think that's where people, a lot of people sort of slip mm. up. And again, I suppose that loops back to what we were saying before about those micro actions and micro habits really adding up over time. Um, I know there's a great quote I'm a massive believer in that says, uh, you know, success is the result of our daily actions. So therefore success is yeah. a habit uh, in any field, in any area. And I love that, um, you know, I think it's important that more professionals do call out the elephant in the room and go, well, hang on, like, I'm going to tell you not what your friends and family are telling you. I'm going to tell you what you actually need to hear because I care about you enough. I think there's a lot of... Uh, a lot to be said about professionals now who get to the point where they care more about looking after the people working with them and getting the result than they do about whether the person likes them. Because I know if we call out, hey, you're making excuses for yourself here, like that's going to stop you from making change here. That can be quite confronting for yeah. some people. I think having the bravery and the courage a, as a professional to do that, and then as you said, giving them the opportunity to be brave enough and have the courage to recognize it and to go, well, hang on, yeah, what I've been doing hasn't been working. It is time to do something different is quite admirable. It's, it's something that needs yeah, to be done like, more often. Well, we are, we're very, like, you know, we, we talk to everyone as, as adults, I suppose, because uh, they are. But, um, but yeah, look, we're, we're not, we don't sugarcoat anything with our clients, literally or metaphorically. We, um, we, we want everyone to, um, to get the best results possible, <laughs> but, but we always set an expectation that, that we need them to do three things. You know, we need them to, to train hard when they're in the gym, you know, uh, exercise is a stimulus and you don't grow muscle in the gym and you don't really burn that many calories in the gym. It's about stimulating your body. And after you stimulate it, you need to put the right food in. And the only way that you are going to do those two things is to have the right mindset. So for us, the three pillars are obviously exercise, nutrition, and most importantly, mindset. So Fern and myself are both heavy believers of NLP. We're both uh, practitioners of it. And um, and yeah, look, we, we, we give people the opportunities to succeed. And I think that yeah, a lot of the industry is based around, you know, trying to make people feel good. But I think a lot of the time you need to give people the opportunity to, to sort of see the error of what they're doing and then obviously give them solutions. 
Um, but yeah, we're not a we're not one of those clubs that just tells people what they want to hear. We sit them down and we we tell them what they they need to do and what we recommend for them to do. And and probably the best person to uh, to talk to that about is probably Fern because she's probably helped more people than anyone. She's trained people for you know powerlifting, for uh, sports modelling, and and all that sort of stuff. So why don't you have a, a little crack at this? Yeah, I'd actually love to ask Fern on that uh, note that you guys mentioned, Joe. Those sort of non-negotiables, those expectations of you know going hard at the gym and stimulating, obviously fueling your body with the right nutrition. And as you guys said, like at the core of it and everything, really addressing the mindset around it. I'd love to hear Fern. You've been doing this with people for quite a long time and really making a difference and an impact. How do you go about uh, helping people do those changes with their mindset to to change the way they think about and approach their health and their well-being? Yeah, well, I think it's obviously really important that we set goals and, you know, normally you don't want to over overload on, in goals. You want to have probably two to four small, uh, not small, two to four goals uh, that are obviously achievable and, you know, not just look for the, the short term, but you want to think about the long term and then obviously just break it down uh, into monthly, weekly, and then obviously daily habits that you then need to start um, incorporating into your new new lifestyle. Um, And, you know, some people it's going to be instant. Some people can really take things on board and and make a lot of changes quite quickly. And other people really can't. They they might be able to for two, three weeks uh, and then they get overwhelmed and then they just go back to old habits. So, again, that's that sort of cycle where you've got to, find out what works for people uh, individually and then tailor it to them. So for me, things that I like to do would obviously, um, you know, it might be just upping your water by half a litre every single day. And then at the end of the week, once you've done that, up it again by another half a litre. Or then it might mean instead of doing Mm. two exercises a week, go to three. Or it might mean uh, having seven hours sleep a night instead of six. So making these little small changes once you've done it for a week or two weeks, then look at the next sort of change that you can start making. So, again, it's not going to be as instant as they want, uh, but it's long term. And it's, it's, you know, as I say, you'll look back in six months time and see all the 20 changes and 20 new habits that you've now created. Um, and, you know, it's definitely more sustainable to do it sort of that way as opposed to a short, sharp thing if that's sort of, what you've done in the past and it's not worked. So you've obviously got to change something. And, and, and Declan, for, for us too, I think the most important thing is to really identify and hit home on your why. And I think it sounds a little corny, but mm-hmm. um, like for me, just a bit of background, as I said, my mum my passed away uh, about four months before I turned 30, I think it was. And, um, you know, for me, my why changed from wanting to be, you know, just wanting to look healthy, be healthy and, and be a good example for my clients, my staff, and obviously, you know, for Fern, to um to want to see my kids turn 30 but i think a lot of people fail because they don't really know why they're getting to the gym they have a point in time where they might get out of the shower and see themselves and go gee i need to do something about this or they might just see a program that pops up and think oh i want want to do that but you know that that sort of motivation might last one or two weeks and but it doesn't last a long time unless you continually hit home on that why and for me i've worked at, at big gyms before um and I, know, I sort of noticed that their active members are about 25%. So a lot of gyms will have about 5,000 members, but only around that 1,200 to a quarter of the people actually be using that membership uh, on a regular basis because the ones that have joined don't come anymore, don't know why they joined in the first place. So 
you need to know why you're doing anything in life, you know, whether it be for you guys helping people, whether it be for us helping people, or if you just want to improve your health, if you don't know why you're doing it, eventually you're not going to, to stick to that regime of, of exercise anymore because you simply can't hit home on those emotional factors that brought you there in the first place. Because sometimes it's a little bit too raw for people um, and sometimes they just haven't taken mm. the time to think about it. Um, so it's just important to know. Yeah, and it definitely does make the long-term change. I mean, I know a lot of what we uh, speak to people about is that, you know, as much as, you know, yes, it does sound like a cliche, finding your why makes a difference. I mean, at the end of the day, human behavior is driven by yeah. feeling, right? We don't do what we logically know we should do. We do what we feel like doing, and that feeling is driven by reasons, right? By getting clear on pain and pleasure motivation. Like, you know, why do you want to change it? What happens 10 years if you don't on a pain focus? On the flip side, what happens 10 years later if you do? Like, yeah, how does exactly. that play out? And that emotional leverage is so powerful. So it, it is really cool to hear you guys say, that, you know, at the end of the day, people do need to start tapping into yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And look, for us, we did, we, do, we did it a lot more often, especially when we started. We take groups of people, just small groups of, say, 10 to 12. And we would. We talk about their why. We, we, we get them to, to put all their values up on the board and determine where they're spending their top five uh, time per week. You know, a lot of people were spending, you know, 30 hours watching Netflix and didn't have time to, to prep their food and, and things of that nature. And um, it, it's amazing how people are driven by what makes them feel good in the moment, but they don't really think about the pain mm. points that cumulatively are going to happen in the future. And for me, you know, that I watched my mother deteriorate over probably a 12-year period, I suppose. She was really fit into her 50s. She'd be on the second story. She was a single mum. She'd be on the second story of her house, you know, doing the guttering. I didn't even, have, I didn't even see a ladder. I didn't even know how she got up there. And, um, you know, she was strong as an ox. And, then, you know, near the end, you know, she had cancer. And, and from complications that, she had an enlarged heart. And unfortunately, yeah, she passed away. And, and I think that a lot of people who are already unhealthy in their 20s, and I think, gee, my mum wasn't unhealthy too. She was like 55. Mm. Um, so I just don't know what's going to happen with these people getting, you know, moving forward unless they do something about it now. But it's so hard to instill a sense of urgency in people who do continually make those excuses and don't really identify with what could possibly happen because who wants to think about that? But it's, uh, but it's very important that we do think about it um, continually you know reassess every week or month about what you want to achieve moving forward with with your health because it's so important it's the only thing that i think makes every facet of your life better you know being healthy it will make you better at work and probably lead to more money it'll make you a better partner a better friend make you a better boss it'll, it'll make you better at every single thing but a lot of people don't really identify that with their health they'd rather you know have uh, three or four wines every night and have that block of chocolate every night and feel good in the moment rather than sort of understanding that they can feel better uh, if they actually forego those things for some future sort of prosperity. Yeah, and it's, I mean, really, I find it really interesting that you said, you know, that idea of how do we create urgency in, in that sense of, you know, trading off what feels good now for what's going to set us up to be in a much better place uh, sustainably and long-term. I know um, a saying that really resonates with me that actually... I've used in my own life as well as a lot of the uh, members that we work with. It's the whole idea of life will make change with or without you. Um, normally, you'll do it in three ways. When it's time for you to make change, first, it'll poke and it'll start, you know, and maybe that's as you said, you've gotten out of shower, glanced in the mirror and gone, oh, okay, I should do something about that. Like, I do want to make change to my health and my appearance, look after myself a bit better. 
if you ignore that, then comes the push. And maybe the push is, oh, I'm not keeping up with the kids as much as I used to. Like, what's going on there? And if you ignore the push, this is where life throws the big right hook and you get yeah. a punch. And most people wait for the punch these days. And, that, you know, maybe the punch is their doctor says, so you've true. got diabetes. And maybe the punch is the doctor says, hey, you're running a risk of not being around for, you know, your t- children reaching 30, as, as you said, you know, is one of your yeah. wives now. And if people can recognize that life is going to throw the push, uh, the poke, the push and the punch anyway, if we can train people to go, well, hang on, why don't I give myself a bit of a wake up? Yeah, exactly. Like, why don't I get? Yeah, exactly. I was actually thinking that. It's very funny you say that. I was thinking that today. That yeah, a lot of people wait till they're sick to start eating well and exercising, whereas they wouldn't have had that problem if they'd just had a little bit of urgency before that point. And I think yeah, I, I just think that's the hardest thing now uh, with our generation is um, you know we're so attuned to not really caring about the future. We want to know, you know, how our Instagram's looking. You know, we want to take the best pictures when we go on holidays. We always want to take a picture with a, with a drink in our hand. But I think there are so many issues now relating to, um, to obesity and ill health and also to depression. I definitely think they're linked. And there's been lots of studies to prove that. But I just don't think that people have that urgency to do it until it's too late. And it's concerning because I think that it's something that's going to be an even bigger problem moving forward. So I think that it's something that we need to do something about as, uh, as soon as possible. And people need to sort of open their eyes to it too. A hundred percent. And I'm just thinking, you know, for people listening to this interview and to this podcast episode and going, you know what, I, this is actually the wake up call that I needed. Like listening to, to these ideas and these, you know, professionals speak about this and go, well, hang on, like, they're right. Like, I do need to make change proactively rather than waiting for that punch from life or, you know, waiting for the moment where I have the wake-up call elsewhere. For the people who are thinking, like, you know what, I this, this is something I want to start changing. It's something I want to do differently. I think there's so much to be said about keeping, as you said before, keeping health simple. Like, you don't need a PhD to do this. Um, it's really about making it actionable because all the knowledge in the world is bloody useless if you're not putting it into action and implementation so for those who are listening to the podcast and going you know what this is something that i want to do differently like this is the wake-up call i needed as professionals what do you guys think would be like the three simple first steps like people to just take their first steps to just start implementing to just take action and make a difference to their well-being and their health what would you guys recommend is the best way to start doing that? Uh, well, I think, obviously, as Trav said, thinking about your why, really getting clear and focused on what that is and jotting down some goals that you'd like to achieve in the long term and in the short term. Um, I think it's really important that you sort of look at what you're currently doing as well because you can't obviously make change until you sort of sit down and actually look honestly at what you are doing. So I would suggest... You know, even writing out a food diary for a couple of weeks, seeing exactly what you are eating, because I can't tell you the amount of people that will say, yeah, I'm eating really well. I'm like, that's awesome. I just want to have a look and see what what it is you are eating. And, you know, a week comes by and they show me like, oh, you know, normally I eat really well, but, you know, I actually I realize I have I have been eating all this chocolate and all this wine and da, da, da. So it can be quite confronting, but also... Um, it's quite good to see it on paper because you can see all the things that you might have forgotten about. Um, And then I would suggest every Sunday night um, putting in your diary your workouts for the week. So if you're brand new to exercise, um, just starting small, starting with two, three walks a week, 
Um, or, you know, if you have been going quite consistently, um, but sort of go on and off your exercise plan, I would suggest, yeah, writing in your diary appointments of when you are going to train and, and making sure that you do stick to them. So I guess starting out, they would be my top three to cover, uh, you know, mindset, exercise and nutrition. Anything you want to add, Trevi? No, I, I just generally get people to look at, um, their social habits as well. And just determine if there are things that mm. we may be doing that are sabotaging us, whether it's self-sabotage or whether we're just doing it out of habit. Um, I, you know, I think it was Les Brown that said, you know, you are the uh, you are the sum total of the five people that you hang around the most. So if all your friends are unhealthy and you want to make a change, and I think the penny has to drop at some point. And I think you just have to look at your social habits too when you start and and see what you're willing to to give up. And then it's not necessarily about saying no to you know these unhealthy things but it's more about saying yes to your health but yeah as Fern was saying those three are probably the the first three that we sort of start with with all of our clients yeah so powerful and um you know I know straight away just off the top of my head things that really stood out to me in this interview that you know, our listeners can really take away I mean even just that last one then like what a awesome one to, to finish on it's not about saying no to these habits about saying yes to health like what a cool way to actually view health and view it as not a chore or a loss, but an yeah. opportunity, um, which is such a good way to look at it and approach it. For people who are listening to this, you know, obviously we've got listeners all around the world, uh, but if they've been listening to this and going, you know what, I'm really resonating with these guys. I'm loving their approach. I like the way they, they do this and think about it. What would be the best way for them to reach out to and connect with you guys? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, they can obviously find us on Instagram and Facebook for under MPT Transformations. Um, all our contact details are on there as far as um, email and uh, a phone number. And I guess, you know, if they are local, we have um, the three locations in Croydon, Roeville and Brunswick East. So, you know, we offer um, different sort of training packages uh, with nutrition advice and obviously mindset and goal setting coaching. Um, and, yeah, we have a, a dedicated team of, a, I think, eight or nine of us trainers. Um, yeah, that, you know, we're, we're all practice what we preach and, and we love this industry and, and we love seeing results um, that people get, you know, with us. So, yeah, if you want to learn anything else, just check us out on Instagram and, and Facebook and, yeah, we can go from there. Perfect. Well, thank you so much once again, guys, for volunteering your time and your expertise to come on the episode and to shed some light on what I think is a very valuable topic for people to be really proactively, as we said, addressing both their physical and emotional uh, well-being and health. I, I love that idea of just of viewing health as a habit and breaking it down. You know, there's so much that I know our listeners are going to take from saying, and I really just want to uh, thank you guys for that and yeah, show my gratitude on behalf of everyone listening for you guys volunteering. Our pleasure, Declan. Thanks for having us, mate. Thank you. Too That's easy. Awesome. Well, we'll talk See you, Declan. Soon. See you, guys. <laughs> See you, mate. Wow. I mean, think about all of the value and knowledge that was just shared in half an hour. I mean, what a cool opportunity to learn from two amazing experts who have seen their time in this industry and they've really seen the change firsthand in themselves, but also in the people they work with. I know for me, one of the things that really stood out 
was just this idea of at the end of the day, your approach to being unhealthy or healthy is much the same. It's about the little habits, the daily steps adding up over time to get to a result. You know, I think it was Trav that said, no one goes from 80 kilos to 120 kilos overnight. And if we break it down to those little steps and make those changes in habits, that's what makes the difference. So as always, if you loved what our guest experts were saying, we're going to leave the links to connect with them in the description of this episode so you can reach out to them more. Other than that, if you loved this episode and you know that you have someone in your life who'd really benefit from hearing it, help us spread the word. Help us give back and make a difference. Send the episode to your loved one, screenshot it, put it up on social media. Make sure if you do, you use the hashtag BUCoaching and the hashtag BU with Declan Edwards so we can check it out and interact with you guys. You know, it really does make a difference to us when you help us spread this change and help more people. So as always, from the bottom of my heart, all the way out to yours, be empowered, be exceptional, and be you. I'll see you next week.